Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian. It is luxurious. It is so luxurious. It is. Naugahyde never felt so what good. What a treat. Yeah, it is a treat to be here. And, yes. uh, you know, it's interesting. Today, we're going to talk about something fun. All right. But can also be a little, um, I don't know, daunting okay. to parents. Yep. So we're going to talk about education. And in the context we're going to talk about it is really kind of something we experienced together, yep. like yeah. you and I did. Yes. Kind of bumped into each other. That's right. So a lot of people don't realize we were that... Shopping. That uh, while I love the Catholic Cafe, um, I have a day job. There you and, go. And I, I'm a deacon at my parish, uh, but I'm also, you know, uh, someone who is a campus minister at a high school. That's got to be cool. You know what? It's a lot of fun. I never really thought I'd go back to high school, but I've done it. Yeah. Uh, and, man, I'm loving it. Good. Uh, it keeps me young. And the kids are just great. I love being there in the mix with all the kids and you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of stuff with adults. I've done a lot of stuff with trying to sort of ease some of the pain, counsel, to talk through things, to, to help people kind of re-ignite um, their faith, their Catholic faith. So a lot of teaching and things and focusing on adults. And I've always thought to myself, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of correcting things or being part of God's holy correction of people, you know, uh, in what they thought was the faith and now they're knowing the truth and all that. And I've enjoyed that, but I always thought, like, wouldn't it be nice just to go back and, like, get this before it all starts happening. Yeah. You know, and it's like high school is like where kids start coming into their own. That's right. And they start thinking for themselves in a, in a profound way, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes they get a little big for their britches, but, you know, it's good to see them start to process and think about all the things in the world. And they've got opinions about everything. Some of them are right as rain and some are wrong as all get out. But oh, the yeah. reality is it's beautiful to see them take ownership of these things. So going back and being with these kids is just a, a, an awesome blessing. Yeah. But also, we had an opportunity. One of the cool things at our, 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 our high school, it's St. Benedict at Auburndale in Cordova or in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. It's a great high school, good, beautiful diocesan Catholic high school uh, that Bishop Holly has assigned me to, and I, I love being there. Well, one of the things we do, essentially, is we have to present ourselves right. to potential ninth graders. That's right. Right? So we got, we got ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth, typical high school, mm-hmm. but we really care about the eighth graders and where they're going to go to school. So we have these days, we call them visit days. Yeah. Pretty much, I think every high school will have that. Come and see what our school is like. Come and right. visit. So we'll reach out to the parishes. We'll really reach out even to other churches and other institutions and say, hey, send your eighth graders our way. Right. And so in that context... Tom Dorian showed Sweet up. Sweet Caroline. We brought Sweet Caroline. So little, little Caroline. That's our, who, that's our baby. By the way, she has the most profound and prolific smile of any kid I've ever seen in my she life. She does, doesn't she? Is she is constantly smiling. It's pretty. She has a beautiful smile. Yeah. And so I don't know if she's always happy, but she's always smiling. I think she's always happy, but either way, you're Well, right. she's an eighth grader who uh, is thinking about where to go to school. That's right. Right? And as yep. parents... You come on this visit day as well, so we you did you, right because you, you're concerned about where is Caroline going to go, what to kind school. of environment she's going to be in. That's exactly. right, exactly. And so we thought we'd do a little show, talk something about help people who are maybe specifically got those eighth graders, maybe even seventh graders, thinking like, well, where are they going to go to high school? Because yeah. high school is important. It is. We have Catholics who are listening who are going. I would say it's critical, not just I, important. It's I critical. agree. I agree. Um, but I, I think we have Catholics who are listening who are thinking. 
doesn't have to be a Catholic high school. Yep. Can they go to a public school? Sure. Can we homeschool? Can we can we do a private school that's not Catholic? I mean, mm-hmm. and what are we what are we considering here? Right. Um, and so these are important things to talk about. They and are. so I think what we're going to try to do is give you some of the tools that you need mm-hmm. to help discern and figure that out for your family and sort of gain some insight here from Tom because he went through the process. And some of the stuff I know you're going to ask, and some of the stuff I don't. So this yeah. Be so we'll just have a we'll just have a conversation. So. Yeah. Um, you know, before we get into anything, we have to start somewhere. Okay. And what I like to do is start in the catechism. Just start, Great. what does the church teach? Yeah. And I think I'm going to say something that I, I think you know, but I think a lot of folks don't really realize mm-hmm. um, just what their responsibility as parents are. Right. Right? A lot of people don't understand, but I just want to read a couple of paragraphs from the, uh, from the catechism. The first one I want to read is about talking about the sacrament of matrimony. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's, it's Article 7 of the catechism. Uh, this is paragraph 1601. And it says this, The matrimonial covenant by which a man and a woman establish between themselves a partnership of the whole of life is by its nature ordered toward the good of the spouses and the procreation and education of offspring. This covenant between baptized persons has been raised by Christ, the Lord, to the dignity of a sacrament. This is where we, we receive grace in this marriage. But this is, is this key. It's not just for the unity, the, the good of the couple. Right. It's for procreation and education. Right. And not just for procreation. Right. Right. But procreation and education. And, but the, and the question would be education in what? Yeah, and figuring all that stuff out. Yeah. So, so we're going to flip a couple of pages in the catechism and go from 1601. We're going to jump all the way to paragraph 2221, mm-hmm. 2223, and 2226. Okay. And here we're, we're, um, we're talking about the duties of parents in a family, mm-hmm. right? And so in here, this is important. Again, and I think there's a couple of eye-openers in here people are going to hear, and we're going to talk about. But 2221 right. says this, the fecundity of conjugal love, and we'll just call that the marital embrace. There you go. For all the uh, tender ears out there listening. Gotcha. It's the husband and wife coming together. We got it. Right? Okay. Move on. It cannot be reduced <laughs> solely to the procreation of children. There you go. But must extend to their moral education and their spiritual formation. The role of parents in education is of such importance that it is almost impossible to provide an adequate substitute. The right and the duty of parents to educate their children are primordial and inalienable. When I started talking about like the Constitution, I mean, this is this is serious language. It is. It's not backing down saying like, well, you know, you should probably be concerned about their moral upbringing, about their education. You should be concerned about no, that. No. Oh no, 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 primordial. Yeah, they're not sugarcoating it. Yeah, by all by 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 the the all ordinance, mm-hmm. you know, this is the first thing that you need to consider when it comes to being a parent. Right. That's 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 big. That was twenty two, um, uh, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Says this. It says parents have the first responsibility for the education of their children. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. I want to reiterate that <laughs> parents have the first responsibility. It doesn't say parents should give their kids over to the schools, should give their kids over to educators who are qualified to speak to the children, to teach the children, to lead the children down the right path. It says not that in 2223, but it says parents have the first responsibility for the education of their children. It goes on to say they bear witness to this responsibility first by creating a home where tenderness, forgiveness, respect, fidelity, and disinterested service are the rule. The home is well suited for the, uh, 
uh, suited for sound judgment and self, I'm sorry, is suited for education in the virtues. This requires an apprenticeship in self-denial, sound judgment, and self-mastery. So it goes on and talks about this, but it goes on a little further later down. It says, parents have a grave responsibility to give good example to their children by knowing how to acknowledge their own failings to their children. Parents will be better able to guide and correct them. So we're talking about education through life, through living, through example. Right. Right? And then we go down to 2226, and it says, education in the faith by the parents should begin in the child's earliest years. Mm -hmm. This already happens when family members help one another to grow in faith by the witness of a Christian life in keeping with the gospel. Then it goes on to say family catechesis. This is teaching. Family catechesis precedes, accompanies, and enriches other forms of instruction in the faith. Parents have the mission of teaching their children to pray and to discover their vocation as children of God. And it goes on and talks about that. But Basically, the catechism, the church, places a lot of responsibility on the parents. If not all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like um, th- this whole business about um, this, this teaching, uh, catechesis precedes. It's the first thing that happens. Right. It accompanies as other things are happening and enriches other forms of education. Yeah, it's the primary yeah. source. And 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 it's but it doesn't just stop like well hey I had them for the first couple of years I'm dumping them off Turn on them the, over on mm-hmm. the this grade school here they're going to take care of them from this point forward right and so parents have to realize they have basically a parental mandate mm-hmm. so before we talk about anything else we're talking about the fact that as parents this is your job right it's not the job of the schools yeah the, the schools do teach and we rely on them and they have great resources and and and. Um, wonderful wealth of opportunity there for schools, and a good a good school is a great place for a kid. Mm-hmm. But if if you send them to school thinking they're going to learn how to be Catholic or they're going to learn how to uh, do the things they have to do, what's right and wrong in the world, and but you're not living that at home, and you don't teach them that at home, yeah, and you don't speak take. to them in that concept, and you don't even know your own Catholic faith, it's not going to take. It's not right. So that's a that's a that's a primary thing. So as parents, like when you visit Saint Benedict. At mm-hmm. Auburndale. Right. Tom, you, you come there and you realize you have options. And that's sure. why you're exploring them. Oh, yeah. Right? And there's some obvious options that I think most people know about. I mean, certainly there's the, you know, for a Catholic, a lot of times people think the first option is a Catholic school. Right. Pretty much every diocese has got them. Mm-hmm. Every parish, most, many parishes have parish schools that you're putting your kids in. And the high schools, especially, we're, we're kind of focused on high school right now. Right. But diocesan high schools and even some of the uh, religious orders have really good high schools in different cities, right? right? Great traditions. So, yeah, that's a, that's a possibility. It's one of the options. But there's also sort of private schools that are not Catholic. That's true. All right, there's another option. I know many Catholics who are sending their kids to private schools that are not Catholic. Maybe right. it's a Baptist tradition or Church of Christ or something like that. Some other good formal education schools. And then certainly there are public schools. Mm-hmm. Right, some people by necessity, cost or or whatever. They're it's like this is our option. Right, and then of course there's also homeschooling, which is becoming more and more popular. It really is. Right, I, we homeschool. Yep, we homeschool all the way through high school. Yep. Um, and so there, there's that's another option. So and high school's upstairs, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. are you going to? Where are you going? To, no, it's where are you going to college upstairs. Okay. That's a joke. That <laughs> it's an old uh, uh, homeschooling joke. joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's okay. Uh, my kids call it the Drzymski Institute of Higher Learning. There you go. Um, and so. All that aside, as parents, you know you have options. Right. But you can't delegate the option to educate. Right. Right. right? But you do have options in selection to augment and then really to help hone in those, uh, the, 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 the educational process for that, 
for that for that student. Right. So as we sort of go forward and we continue this conversation, knowing mm-hmm. that parents are the the primary educators, the first educators of their of their kids, and that there are all these options. Mm-hmm. Now is where we come down to like, all right, let's talk about the meat. Let's right. talk about the most important thing that right. they need to know about this. There you go. We're going to do that right after the break. Of course. Got to hang them right there and say, hold on. Yep. I know you want to know all Wait these answers. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's coming Wait right after the it. break. Uh, before we go to that break, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send, send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. With that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Isabel Flores de Oliva was born to a large family in Lima, Peru in 1586. Even as a child, her holiness was apparent. It is said that a servant of the household once saw her face transformed into the likeness of a rose, hence her nickname, Rosa. At her confirmation at age 11, she took the name Rose. St. Rose knew at a very young age that God was calling her. Even as a teenager, she devoted herself to prayer and gave up many of the comforts of life in order to unite herself more fully to the suffering of Christ. Having read a biography of St. Catherine of Siena, she began to take her life of self-denial more and more seriously, even to the objections of her parents and friends. She first fasted three times a week, then offered a daily fast. This led her to abstain from meat and perpetuity. When she began to be admired for her beauty and devotion, she cut off her hair. If ever she doubted her path of suffering and self-denial, she was encouraged by visions, revelations, visitations, and comforting voices. She received the Eucharist daily, deriving from the Blessed Sacrament the grace and consolation to carry on. At the age of 20, St. Rose took a vow of virginity and joined the Dominicans. With permission of her order, she moved into a small grotto built in her parents' garden and lived there in a spirit of prayer and penance. While St. Rose spent much time in prayer, she still found time for acts of charity. She sought out the sick, the poor, and the forgotten in her community and brought them to her home to care for them. St. Rose never lost sight of the power and effectiveness of self-denial when it was offered up to God. Her entire life was a testament to the total, self-giving love demonstrated by Jesus' willingness to suffer for our sins. She wrote, Our Lord and Savior lifted up His voice and said with incomparable majesty, Let all men know that grace comes after tribulation. Let them know that without the burden of afflictions, it is impossible to reach the height of grace. Let them know that the gifts of grace increase as the struggles increase. Let men take care not to be stray and be deceived. This is the only true stairway to paradise, and without the cross, they can find no road to climb to heaven. St. Rose of Lima died in 1617 and was the first person born in the Americas to be canonized as a Catholic saint. Her feast day is August 23rd. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and we are 
talking. We had a great talk during the break. Some serious conversation we just had there, Tom, and we're it was we're indeed. gonna we're gonna piggyback springboard on that, you know. And, Perfect. Uh, gotcha. It's the big fat topic we're gonna deal with here, <laughs> and we are gonna we're gonna get through this thing. I know we can. So we're talking about couple Catholic, of kids in the booth. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Catholic high school education. Perfect. And uh, you know the parental mandate, the fact that we can't divorce ourselves from our responsibilities with our kids, uh, and then also we know we have options. And so, so here's the thing. So you showed up at St. Benedict at Auburndale. I did indeed. Looking at that school. Yep. And I would imagine that you had like a laundry list of things in your head. Maybe you didn't make it public and you didn't, but you were kind of grading the school. Yeah. Right. And I guess our listeners need to understand that we need to do that. Absolutely. Right. You don't just take things at face value. You no. want to ask some questions. You want to figure out like, where are they here? and Where are they there? Right. And, and, I, and I would realize there's lots. I mean, like, what, what are your... What are your what's your sort of value scale? What are the things that you're looking at? What are the goals that you want in that school? What are, what are the things that you want? Like what are the boxes that need to be checked off? Otherwise, it ain't qualifying. Right. Or what are some of them? Just give me an idea of what you're thinking. Well, one of the first thing that comes to mind for us was the end game. What 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 do we want Carolina to be like once she gets out of college and beyond? Okay. And so really, kind of positioning her for. With high school, how she's going to go into college and how she's right. going to go into life. Okay, but you're that. saying what is she going to be like, though? That's different than is she prepared for that school or that school? Is that well, What it, I mean by that is different? what is she going to be like in her faith? Okay, what, see. How is she going to embrace her that's faith? That's what I want to get to because I think a lot of people are thinking, like, I want a good school. Well, what's right. a good school? Well, a good school is one that's going to prepare them. It's a college prep school. It's a school that's going to allow them to be successful in college. Because we know if they're successful in college, they're going to be successful in life, right? This is the old, right? the way the world has always worked. Yeah. And I'm not denying that that's no, a reality. that's important. That's critical. And so, we, we so get that. academics, uh, testing, um, just are they prepared to study? Do they have like lots of homework? Are they going to be ready for college? And are they going to learn how to be self-paced and take advantage of all that stuff? Those are important things. You know what's funny about this conversation, too? And that is our older ones... We kind of looked at it that way more so than we do with Caroline. As, as the older we've well, gotten, different kids, you can look no, at them. But the older we've gotten too, I think we've matured in our faith, and we understand that okay. you know what? It's more important. There are a lot more. Yeah, things you don't care about the young ones anymore. You let them do anything. You, they, they can, they can, they can do fire, you know, breathing stuff. It's kind of true. Yeah, you know, you yeah. out in the yard, it's like, hey, they're playing with it. The, they're spraying the cat with the aerosol and lighting on I fire. I was the oldest of four. I That's always not thought good. the ones younger were spoiled rotten, and once I had five, I'm like, oh yeah, it's true. They are spoiled rotten. Yeah, we we have nine, so like. Like the, the 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 first ones are like you need to be in by eight thirty at night, and the last right. ones are like Whatever. we haven't seen them in two days. <laughs> that's terrible parenting. That's Emma not good. <laughs> I'm not going to say that that's not true. But really, but what what your goal is, you need to be aware when you go to that high school to check it out. Right. Not only what are your goals, what are your wife or your spouse, whichever one, if I'm talking to the husband or the wife, right? What is your what are your spouse's goals? Yep. And if you happen to not be together, if you're divorced, what are their goals? Right. Right. So That's you have right. a whole other dynamic. And what are the kids' goals? What are they looking at? That's true. Do they want to star on the football team? Do they want to be in the band? Do they are they an artist? Or are they real like an academic and they want to just like uh, get a thirty six yeah. on the ACT or whatever? Get a five point I always hated those kids. Yeah. But hey, I'm glad they're there because they're like curing cancer. They're doing all kinds of amazing That's things right. in the world. But the whole point is like that everyone's gonna have these goals and so yeah. What are the things that we consider? And I can't tell you what they are. I can't tell you what it should be. Now, you, I, I you like. You just need to know them. Right. So, like, the moral life, the, the um, like, what do, you, what do your kids think is right and wrong? Certainly academia, right? The, 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 what the academics, the, the, the studying, the college prep part. Right. You know, what arts, we mentioned sports. 
Uh, what about socialization and culture? What kind of things are they going to learn how to get along with other people? Are there people all of the same color or all of the same language? Right. What kind of environment is it going to be in terms of like helping them see what the world is actually really like? What does it cost? That's another, I mean, this good is another one. thing that's, that's like, right. and there can be huge differences between certain schools. There are from public to certain private schools can be a range of twenty thousand dollars. Oh, it's massive, or more, you know. It's massive, and certainly Catholic theology. What do they teach there? And that's, right. I know that's important to you. It is. Some people see it as less important, but the reality is, these are all things that you've got to figure out your goals, right? That you want when you're picking a school, right? And so a lot of people aren't thinking through some of the things about the, like the moral life and the socialization and the culture um, and really what the Catholic theology, what do they teach there? Right. And how important that is. Yeah. Right. Is the diocese invested in that school? Yeah. Like continuing to put poor resources in terms of putting good uh, faculty and staff and, and, and assigning chaplains and deacons uh, and, and religious sisters. And I mean, what kind of Catholic presence is at that school? It's Catholic identity. That's right. And those are things that some people think like, well, it's a good school, but you know, it doesn't have that. Is that a bad thing? Could be. I, I don't can't, know. Yeah, I can't answer that for everybody. Right. But I, I can. What I can do is run down this list pretty quick of some things that I've jotted down about different kinds of schools and, and that maybe some some issues and thing, things to think about. Right. Some points to note about. Like if you're sending your if you're a Catholic, mm-hmm. Catholic eighth, eighth grader, parents are deciding where to send the kid, and you decide a public school. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because of cost. Maybe it's all you can afford. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the reality. But you do have the potential for bad influences. Yep. Right, because you you basically have a secular worldview there. There's yeah. not going to be any prayer. There's not going to be, um, and and certainly it's not necessarily going to be Catholic friendly. It won't necessarily be anti-Catholic, mm-hmm. but a lot of times a secular worldview tends to be anti-Catholic. That's right. Right, and so we have to be, you know, we have to be. But we sometimes realize that's all we can afford, and this is this is what we can do. Right. So there are better public schools than others, and right. you can find out in the city which ones those are. But that. I, I, an asterisk there it really requires a very very strong parental supervision oversight and input into what they're learning and how they learn and when they bring it home hey what are you learning what did you, you learn today right right and then monitoring what they're doing who they're hanging out with that's right right and so that kind of stuff that's certainly now catholic schools certainly are a great option diocesan especially catholic schools i love those and there's some, some that have this, a great tradition with a you know the religious sisters and brothers um, Christian Brothers High School in Memphis. It's a great school. Phenomenal. Right? That's where you went. You're a brother's boy. That's right. Right? And so um, so those are those are great options, but still, you need to be reminded that, that parents are the first educators. That's exactly right. And sometimes, unfortunately, it's this, this is true. We kind of need to stay on top of the administration, on top of the faculty. How are they dealing with the current moral issues that are out there? Mm-hmm. Same-sex attraction, gender, uh, gender ideology, all these things these kids are experiencing in, in, in life and, and have opinions about. How is the, how is the school handling that? Right. right? And, and it's like something you need to be aware of, um, and that might help you influence whether you're going to be there or not, depending on how they teach the Catholic faith. Do they teach in love and respect and human dignity? Do they cave in too much? Do they not cave in? I mean, these are things you need to be aware of right. in a Catholic school. Um, and certainly cost comes into, into play because now we're in a private school mode and it'd be right. a little more expensive. That's right. But, but nicely is most of the Catholic schools, like especially here in Memphis, they're good college prep schools. They are. They really teach those kids uh, discipline. They teach those kids good ethics. They teach those kids uh, sort of a regimented way, uh, a way of life, of living, uh, four hours of homework on a given night. You know, there's just like a lot of hard work goes into that. Right. And that's really good for college. It is. It actually makes college to be easier. <laughs> It kind of does. Yeah, it does. 
Uh, so the, what about the non-Catholic schools? Now, this can be a little bit disconcerting for some parents because a lot of people don't recognize this, but there is typically or can be in many, so we'll say that ones that have a religious philosophy, so maybe it's a Baptist or a Church of Christ school, essentially a Protestant school, mm-hmm. maybe an excellent at education, excellent college preparatory school, but there might be an undercurrent of anti-Catholicism. It may not be like wildly apparent. They might mm-hmm. say, well, if you're a Catholic, you have to sit in the back of the lunchroom. It's not going to be like that. <laughs> right. However, the kids are going to be amongst people who aren't Catholic. Right. And so the, what the kids talk about, how they refer to things, and then we find out the kid's Catholic, and all of a sudden they become, a, I don't say a target, but they become like the, the, the odd man out. Right. And so people will talk about their faith. Sometimes this is a good experience, but... I had a, an experience with a, a with a Catholic family who was um, they were talking to me one day and we were mm-hmm. talking about where they sent their kids mm-hmm. and it turned out to be a Protestant boarding school and they were still there for a long time and they were away and they said you know they lamented when the, when the when their young daughter came home for, during the summer she announced that she didn't want to go to confession anymore she right. thought that was silly right and the parents were like going we just why why would she think that and I'm thinking why wouldn't she because th- th- right. you don't experience that there right. You know, and so they they learn something in that prospect, and that's what happens sometimes. While it won't be blatantly anti-Catholic, it's certainly not going to be supportive of the Catholic culture, right? And encourage people practicing the uh, sacraments, going to mass, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, you know, and learning how to pray the way a Protestant prays. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that you learn that worldview, you learn to see through that lens, mm-hmm. and plus you're with your friends, right? So that's something to consider. Um, you know, and also there's some questionable like views on church history, what really happened and how it happened, mm-hmm. you know, and so the kids' heads can get filled with some stuff that may not just be really good academics right. or really good sports and arts. There may be some stuff in there that kind of harms their Catholic faith to be aware of that. Yeah. And certainly cost is, is, uh, is a factor there. And, you know, in this, I want to talk just for a second about homeschooling. It's not for everything, but it's a beautiful option. Uh, you know, kids t- typically test very high, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, against classically educated kids. Uh, it teaches responsibility, self-based. But you know what? Parents are important in that fact, too. This is where you take hands-on with the Catholic education. Big time. Right. And something. And we, we've done it. We love it. But, you know, I would love to send my daughters to St. Benedict. It's a great school. I told you that. And you what, were like, what a compliment. You were, were kind of impressed by that. That's high praise, man. But the key here is, is, is all these are options and things to think about. Just be aware of this. Don't just look for the school with the best sports program, arts program, academics. Look for the school that is going to provide that well-rounded thing, but it's going to support you in your role as a parent to educate your child. It's your job. Amen. Don't put it off on other folks. Nope. Let's get Mary to help us with this. Let's, let's say a prayer. Let's Great. say the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.